Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Let me bless you. Let me bless you as we get, we get going today. I bless you now in the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need today, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you have the courage and capacity to flourish and prevail over every challenge that you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Morning, friends. Hope you enjoyed your Pentecost celebration last week and the beginning of the new era in Scotland where it's only sunny. Yeah, may it be, right? All right, in our, in our previous study, oh great, this is still open. In our previous study, we were looking at Ephesians chapter 6, and we were started in verse 10, and we worked our way through it. This is how our previous study began in Ephesians 6, verse 10. It said, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. And so we talked in that series about how there's a very real war going on against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens, which we typically call demons. Now, there's a real war going on, and there's a war going against us as people. And we talked about how we need to armor up, put on the full armor of God, because of this context of the spiritual war, and then we need to pray. We need to pray. My plan was to leave it there. But after um, talking with the elders and stuff like that, we decided it would basically be a crime to stop where we stopped, that we need to take one more, one more step. And so, yes, there's a war going on. Yes, spiritual force of evil. We need to be ready. We need to armor up. We need to pray. But also, we need to help others who are in the same battle and maybe who aren't doing so well. And so for the next four weeks, what we're going to try and do is we're going to try to teach. I'm going to try and teach you, train you, equip you to be people who can help people who are losing their battles, whose lives are getting blown up, to bring freedom to people who are being overrun by the spiritual force of evil or, or demons, you know, overrun by that, who are stuck with these footholds in their life. I, I can't even imagine, I mean, what a joy to imagine hundreds of people equipped to go out and help people, those who are being harassed and who are losing their battles. What, what are the great things? What's, how great is that? We're about to find out. Because over the next four weeks, even though our, our, our generation is being blown up by the enemy, I want to teach you 
and I want to equip you how to spot if someone is being harassed by the enemy. If someone is being demonized or, or impacted by the spiritual force of evil, right? And I want to I help you know how to set them free. You. You. How you can set them free in the name of Jesus to go from tormented to free. A few years ago, I went to the hospital to pray for a young man who was dying. And the family asked me to come and, and pray for this guy's healing. And so I did. Obviously, it's my joy to do that. I love praying for people. I love praying for people. So it wasn't visiting hours, because I'm a pastor. I don't like to go during visiting hours. I like to go in other times. And, and so there weren't many people around, just you know, a few family and the, the staff at the hospital. And I walked up beside the, be, behind, beside the bed there, and it was very serene and sad. You know, you have the monitors and the beeping and the, and the IV and, 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 you know, it's it just a bad situation. The, the guy was barely conscious uh, and just kind of laying there. So the family gave me the whole head nod, pastor, do your thing thing. And so I, I walked up beside the bed and I placed my hands on this young man's arm and I said three words. Holy Spirit, come. And things got wild. There was, the, there was the thrashing. There was the moaning. There was the, there was the, the wildness. The, it had gone from peaceful to chaotic in, in like one just moment. Three words. And I knew instantly this is not a normal sickness. This is a demon thing because the second I invited the Holy Spirit to come, things started, well, the, I guess the Christian phrase is manifesting. The demon started manifesting, and, and things just started going wild. So my question is, what would you do if you're in that situation? You're praying for a buddy. doesn't have to be at the hospital. You just pray for somebody, and, things, and just everything just starts going wild. What, what do you do? What, what do you do? How, how do you respond to that? How do you respond to that? How do you set them free? Over the next four weeks, I want to at least make sure you have a basic framework for how to spot what's going on and how to help people if you find yourself in that situation. How you can be equipped to help people be free. You can do this. You can do this in the name and the authority of Jesus. Now that ended up being a really sad story. You know, you see, the parents of this guy, although they were lifelong Christian, they loved Jesus. Although they, they served in church and they were just such uh, devoted Christians and they, they read their Bibles, they were praying, they're the real deal Christians, they didn't have a box for the idea that their son could be demonized, that there could be a, something demonic going on because their son, as they told me, no, it can't be a demon because, because he's a Christian. He's a Christian. He can't be a demon. And, and there, that can't be true here in the West, in our modern hospitals, in what's going on here. So they, they freaked out, and they, they were like, stop, stop, you're hurting him, stop. And I'm like, I'm, I'm hurting him? I said three words. Like, Holy Spirit, come. And, 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 and the demons are, I'm like, this is a demon, guys. Just give me a second. Just give me a second. There's a demon go going on here, and, and they're like, no, stop. It can't be a demon. Our, Christian, our son's a, a Christian godly man. You're hurting him. And so they, 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 they were freaking out, and, <laughs> and obviously the nursing staff is raging at me. You can imagine that scenario. 
And so then everybody starts rushing me out of the hospital. Like, I'm, I'm up a few flights of, you know, and, and I'm going down, and they, they, they make sure I'm all the way out of the building, you know, the, you know, the, the, whole, the whole crew there. And, and, and none of them, none of them had any box for the fact that a real demon in a modern era, in a modern hospital in the West could be tormenting and be impacting in any way a Christian boy. But it was. It was 100% without a doubt exactly what's going on. What happened in that story, it, it's awful. It's awful. It, it, it haunts me to this day. If you, not, not too long later, the young man dies. It's, it's just one of those stories that just doesn't leave you. But the point that I want to make here with this story is, do you see how powerful our worldview can be? Do you see how powerful our worldview can be, in this case, not seeing demons or refusing to see uh, that, that, or even consider that some sort of demonic thing could be at work? What is our worldview? Our worldview is what we think is real and what we think is not real. For example, I don't believe in elves. I do believe in angels. I believe in the Bible, not in the Lord of the Rings. Right? I, 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 am a, I have a Bible worldview. The, the worldview that we are saturated in here in the West is a Western worldview. It doesn't have much space for this idea of, of demons and, and this idea of them being real. Or if they are real, they're not around here. You might find them in Africa or in some jungle somewhere far away. But they're not here in, in our educated society. Obviously, unbelievers in the West don't have boxes for, for demons, and they don't have any boxes for the fact that there's a real spiritual war going on in the heavenly realms, Ephesians chapter 6. But friends, many, many, many Christians, many, many church people, real Christians, Bible-reading Christians, Bible-loving Christians, Bible-believing Christians also struggle with Seeing and believing that demons might be at work, tormenting people in their, in their lives around them, needing to be stopped, able to be kicked out in the name and authority of Jesus. Now, I'm going to take a fictional survey here. Nobody raise your hand, okay? I'm raising my hand. Do not raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, okay? Don't raise your hand. Nobody in Royston, nobody raise your hand. How many of you secretly wish that I would talk about anything other than demons? Right? I mean, my guess is if you grew up like me, you're, you're feeling a little bit squeamish. You're like, Brian keeps saying the D word. Damnation? No, it's worse. Demon. He keeps saying it. In fact, he's saying it right now, and he, he won't even stop it. It's making me feel so uncomfortable. What, what, why did I, what am I doing? It's sunny outside. Why are we talking about this? I know that that can be a very real feeling in our church and in this room. Do you know why you feel that way? Do you know why you feel that way? Obviously, you believe the Bible. Obviously. Obviously, you want me to teach the Bible. Obviously. And demons 
And casting out demons are everywhere in Jesus' ministry. They continue all the way through the book of Acts, all the way through the New Testament, all the way through the book of Revelation, all the way through to the end of the Bible. Casting out demons is one of the most bible Bible things. And so you ask yourself, honestly, why do I feel so uncomfortable and wish he would stop saying that word? And, and that this would be a lot less, you know, demony of a chat. It's my joy, it's my job, it's my joy to talk about Jesus. It's my joy to talk about the ministry of, of Jesus. And I understand some of it gets us feeling a little bit uncomfortable, uh, especially when we're talking about demons, especially when we're talking about spotting them in our Western educated world today. And when we talk about setting them out, casting them out in the name of Jesus. But the thing is, we're a Bible church. And I'm a Bible guy. And so that means I trust the Bible. I believe the Bible, and I'm called to teach the Bible when it describes our reality. The, it describes the world that we, we live in and, and, and all that's going on. And the Bible cover to cover paints this picture of an active devil, Satan, and heaps of demons. Like, just so many countless demons greatly impacting nations and cities and towns and families and family lines and individuals. The Bible describes demons everywhere. It's one of the most common things that Jesus encounters in his ministry. Did you know, in the book of Mark, the word Pharisee shows up 11 times? But the word demon shows up 17 times. Huh. I'm loving the book of Mark these days, by the way. I, I can't stop reading. I've read it three times in the last couple of weeks. I'm just obsessed with it. I find myself just, just, just treasuring this book. I'm also reading Luke. Nobody freak out. I'm, I'm reading Luke for Bible read-through. We're okay. We're okay. Uh, but I'm loving this. Do you know what the first power thing that Jesus did in the gospel of Mark was? I hope you can guess by now. He calls his disciples, chapter 1, and then he casts out a demon. First power move of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. You keep reading in the Gospel of Mark, you're seeing Jesus doing these same three things over and over again. Preaching, casting out demons, healing people in the name of Jesus. And then he, t he goes to his disciples and he sends out his disciples to do the same thing. Because that's what disciple making is. Disciple making is when you learn from your rabbi or the one that is discipling you. And you imitate them, you do what they're, what they're doing and what they're teaching you to do. And so as disciples of Jesus, being followers of Jesus, what do they do? Well, Mark, Mark chapter 6, it says this. It says, so they went out, the 12, preached that people should repent, cast out many demons, and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Like, that's just the basic discipleship thing that Jesus is doing. He's modeling it. He's sending them out to do that. He's preach, cast out demons, heal the sick. That's what Jesus is doing as he's making these disciples, as he's discipling them. But it's not just the 12. In Luke chapter 10, there's 72. And Jesus sends out 72 people to, to go out. And what do they do? They do what Jesus is doing, what he's discipling people to do, what he's training them to do, and they go out and they preach, and they go out and they cast out demons, and they go out and they heal the sick in Jesus' name, and, and, it says, and it says that they returned rejoicing. 
rejoicing that the demons submitted to them in, in Jesus' name. And then Jesus was like, okay, let, you know, be more excited the fact that your name is in heaven, is written in heaven. But, but yes, that, that is true. That's what the 72 were doing. They were doing what Jesus was doing. And then after Jesus is done discipling these guys, he rises from the dead. And then in Mark chapter 16 and then Luke chapter 28, Jesus commissions his disciples to be disciple makers, to go disciple people, to teach them everything that he's, that he's commanded them. Every, go teach them what I've taught you. It, it includes, you know, it's not just like do good and don't hurt nobody. It, it's like go do what I do. And that's ultimately what ends up happening through the book of Acts. But go, go teach, go disciple people as I have discipled you. In the book of Mark, it says very clearly, the people that your disciples, what did it say in Mark 16, 17? In my name, they will cast out demons. It's just part of this commission of Jesus to his disciples, to all those who he's training, not just the 12, and for them to go on and make disciples in the same, in the same way. As followers of Jesus... Casting out demons and freeing people from torment in Jesus' name is one of the joys we get to be a part of. It's a glorious gift. And, and the good news is that there's no spiritual gift in the Bible called casting out demons because it's not a spiritual gift thing. It's a birthright. It's a new birthright. It's a new creation in Christ right that, that we get to do. And we're going to say more about this in, in the week ahead. Uh, casting out demons, though, is one of the basic Christian things that we get to do. It's, it's, it's for everyone in Christ. Okay, just, just so I haven't lost you, because I know that this is a pretty boring message, and it's super sunny out. It's not boring at all. But what I've said thus far is, number one, the, the Bible worldview says demons are everywhere. Number two, the Bible commission from Jesus himself includes us casting out demons in Jesus' name. Is everything a demon? No way. That is not what the Bible teaches. No way. Jesus casts out demons. Other times he listens to people. Other times he heals people. No, no demon there. He, he heals people. It, it's just a physical sickness. How can you tell if it's a demon or if it's just a, a physical thing or if there's something else going on? Well, that's an important question, and we'll be getting to that in the series but for now, what I want to say is our generation has a hard time spotting it. Our generation has a hard time identifying that there might be a demon at work in a situation mostly because we don't want to think about it. We're, 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 we're tending towards having a Western viewpoint, which is, which is different than a Bible world point when it comes to demons here. And we tend to not even consider unless there's no other explanation or if it's off the charts bizarre and there's just no other explanation. Maybe then we'll consider the word demon. Now, Brian, why do you keep saying that word demon? Are you just trying to pester us? I'm not trying to be a punk. I'm trying to help you. This is a Bible thing. I want to normalize this. But here's the tragedy, friends. Yes, not everything's a demon, but if Something is a demon, let's say. If something is a demon, if there is a demon messing with someone's, I don't know, mental health or physical health, I'm not saying that it always is or, or whatever the case may be, but if in that situation it is a demon, 
then nothing but setting them free from that demon will help them. You can't counsel out a demon. I mean, you can drug them. That's, that's not setting them free. Ken Fish, who travels the world teaching about deliverance ministry, he says when deliverance is what is needed, nothing else will do. I, I'm not saying, everybody, go out there and go, go on a demon hunt. I'm saying, let's put an important tool in our tool belt for when we encounter this, we know what to do. We know what to do because it's there. We don't need to go looking for it, but it's there, and we want to know what to do when we, when we encounter that. So that's, I want us to be equipped to bring freedom as, as a church. Um, before we, before we um, walk through the process of uh, how do we know if it's, if it's just a health issue or if it's a demon issue or whatever the case may be, um, I want to lay a foundation first because there's a few things I want you to know and clarify before we build over the weeks ahead. First of all, I want to ask the question, in what ways might a person be demonized? In what ways might a person be demonized? Now, notice I'm not using the word possessed. I'm not saying, in what ways might a person be demon-possessed? The, the Bible doesn't really use the word demon-possessed. It talks about being demonized, which could be a big spectrum between harassed or, 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 or impacted or tormented. There's a big spectrum there of demon-impacted, demon demonized. What I really need you to understand about this, again, I'm going to say this again. What I need you to understand is when it comes to demons and being demonized, it's not all or nothing. Get that out of your head. It's not all or nothing. When we look at different stories in the Bible, you see this, this, there's one boy who, who is demonized and he keeps throwing himself into a fire and the family is freaking out. In another story, you have somebody sitting there in the synagogue listening to Jesus teach and he interrupts. There's a big difference between th this, this scenario. It's not like all or nothing. I'm completely possessed or I'm not impacted at all or there's no demons messing with me at all. Let me give you, some, let me give you some, some thoughts about this. First of all, some circles. Everything works better with circles, right? We all have a body and a soul and a spirit. We have a body, soul, and spirit. At least I believe this is how, how, it, how the Bible teaches us. Now on this drawing, you can see that the spirit is the middle bit. And when you're a Christian, your spirit, your human spirit... Um, gets transformed and permanently fused. I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but permanently fused with the Holy Spirit of God. Something happens with your human spirit where it becomes permanently connected to the Holy Spirit of God. It's that part of you that becomes this new creation being and the demons can't mess with you in, in your spirit. The, that's a Holy Spirit place. That's a holy place for you in your spirit. No Christian can be fully demon-possessed. No Christian can be fully demon-possessed. But then you've got the next ring out, which would be your soul. And, and demons attack souls very often, our, our mind, our will, our emotions. In the Bible, you, you read about lying spirits attacking minds. In the Bible, you read about um, you know, that reference of the boy who keeps throwing himself in the fire. The demons are overriding this boy's will. Or, or you, you fear, see like spirits of fear 
in the Bible, and you're like, okay, that's an emotion. It's super, an attacking of an emotion. The enemy uh, attacking the, the mind, will, and emotions. Then on the outside is the body. Outside of the body. And, and there in Luke 13, there's a story of a, of a woman who's been bent over for 18 years because of a spirit, because of an evil spirit. And that spirit's cast out, and she's healed. Spirits can impact mind, will, emotions, physical body. And, and I, I guess I, I want to highlight this because sometimes we think all or nothing, demon possessed or nothing, but you can think that they're, they're, your emotions might have, like, you might have a, you might be impacted and harassed by a spirit of fear, and all the rest of your life is godly and amazing. And you can look at a person, you'd be like, man, they seem like a great person. How could they possibly need a de demon uh, cast out of them? Well, because it's not like they're completely consumed. But a demon can be impacting them in certain ways. It's not all or nothing. And not only is it not all or nothing in, in our bodies and our insides, it's also not all or nothing on the spectrum. Like, th there's a scale of severity. I'm just going to use a 1 to 5 scale. You could use a 1 to 100 scale. You can use a 1 to billion scale as far as I, ca I care. But we're just going to keep it simple, a 1 to 5 scale. Thinking about severity, it's not all or nothing, even in parts of it. First one is harassed. That's, that's a one star, a lightweight uh, uh, demonization. That's like when you're just being bombarded with, with your, maybe your mind is being bombarded over and over again. Maybe the same temptations or the same obsessions brought to mind over and over again. I praise Jesus that I'm not tempted by everything that is possible to be tempted by. And I'm not tempted equally by all the things that I am tempted by. There's, there's ratios, there's, there's perspectives and all that kind of stuff. But maybe you're being harassed and the same things are being agitated over and over again or the same bad memories or, or guilt or shame things are being tormented over and over again. Your, your memories. And, and there's this harassment. Maybe it impacts your dreams. And maybe, maybe it impacts the way you're thinking. Maybe you're having blurry thinking. You're feeling confused. You're an intelligent person, but you're just struggling with some confusion. Maybe, you know, fearful thoughts, worry, self-harm thoughts. You're thinking that that might be a good idea. It's not. Lies about who you are and who you are in Jesus, how much you're loved. It's harassment stuff. Now, this is common, right? This is common. Christians get harassed all the time. And, and, you know, like, we get harassed. And this is why we need to put on the full armor of God, why we need to take our stand in truth, why we need to take our stand in righteousness and resist the enemy and, and so that he flees from, from us. But sometimes we don't. And sometimes we, we let that, that foothold uses the Bible, get a hold of our lives, and things get established there that need to be broken off in Jesus' name. Harassment, one star, lightweight. It happens, you, you know what I'm talking about. Sadly, we all do. Uh, another level, two star. Stronger oppression. Now, this is where you might feel like a strong internal desire to flee church. No? Okay, good. Uh, or flee a worship, a worship setting or, or prayer time, you know, what you want to flee. And the demon is screaming in your head, like, get out now. Like, flee. And, and they're pushing your fear levels and your emotions to a, to a high level. They're not controlling you. You're in control. 
but they're screaming in your ear, get out of here. And, and you're fighting that on the inside. I wonder if this is what's going on with Elijah after Mount Carmel and his victory there. And, and he's, he just finds himself terrified and fleeing Jezebel. I don't know if this is what's going on, but that's kind of what it's like, what it can be like. Sometimes people with, who are too, being two-star pestered, demonized, they, they feel sometimes like there's claws in their backs or there's like these invisible things around their, their throats choking them. This is more than harassment. This is not demon possession, though. This isn't anything like that. You're still in control. Lots of Christians experience this. I have. Third level, three stars. This might be where there's an obvious personality shift. Think King Saul in the Bible. God's spirit leaves King Saul. Evil spirit comes to torment him. Personality shift. There's addiction issues sometimes here that you just can't seem to be breaking. Strong suicide thoughts that you may be acting on, uh, tormented. I'm not saying everything is demonic, but this, if it is demonic, this could feel like this. Chronic sickness without a good explanation. Acting out in violence or rage or anger, again like King Saul. Christians can experience this. And then you got level four, four star. Evidence of manifest power. You think of the story of Legion, right, in the Bible, where he just has so much strength, nobody can contain him, and he can break all the chains. He can break the chains that, that would be holding him down. No one can hold him down. This is going to be super, super rare with Christians. This should not be an issue with, with Christians. The amount of, the amount of partnership with the, with the demonic stuff in order to be this demonized is going to be really rare. It shouldn't be there, but it's going to be really rare. You, you would assume that there's a lot of partnership with occult stuff and um, a witchcraft and occult, cultic practices. People kind of blending their Christian faith and, and uh, with these other things. I mean, weird things can happen in these, with this manifest power stuff. You, you've probably heard stories um, about this kind of thing, people levitating, super strength, all that kind of stuff. Level five is what we tend to think of when we think of demon-possessed, overtaken. You know, legion in the Bible, maybe Judas, when Satan enters Judas, I don't know exactly what that, what's going on there. This is probably, though, what we think of when we think of being demon-possessed. A five-star, one of the rare, but five-star demon situation. And we're talking here legitimate lengthy times where the demons are in complete control of somebody. And I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think Christians can be here. I don't think they can. Somebody could tell me otherwise. All right, I, I'm willing to learn, but I, I don't think that they can. All that to say, in order to be equipped to bring freedom to people, I need you to start looking with new eyes. At reality around us. And firstly, that our biblical worldview tells us that demons are real and they are very much present and impacting people. Secondly, that our biblical commission is in, by Jesus includes not only preaching the gospel but casting out demons in his name. We're called to be freedom makers. How cool is that? And thirdly, our biblical commission includes not, oh, wait, no. Thirdly, what is thirdly? We need to start understanding better what we're talking about when it comes to how demons impact people. They can impact one part of a person 
only one part of a person, and they can be on a spectrum of one to five. It can be one part that's, that's just like a, a one-star thing. It can, be, it can be a small thing, but man, is it wonderful to be free from that. Having a better understanding of, of, of how this is going, instead of thinking all or nothing, totally possessed or nothing, can, can, can help us see things quicker and identify what's really going on. See if, if you can help this person by setting them free in, in Jesus' name. What a joy to have compassion on people and see them be delivered from whatever harassments are, are, are bothering them. Can a Christian be impacted by demons? Can, it, can, it be, can they be demonized? Yes. Paul writes that he is impacted. Is he possessed? No. But in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, he comments that there's a messenger of Satan, a demon, tormenting him. In 2010, in 2010, I was in Malaysia at a missionary conference. And during this breakout session, we were learning about the ministry of Jesus and, and, and kind of what, what he did. And the guy who was speaking said, okay, if your hands feel on fire right now, I want you to come down and Jesus wants to bring healing to you. Now, I didn't know that I was about to have the most wild demon moment of my life at, at this moment. But what I did know is that everything inside of me was screaming, flee, get out now. And this terror came over me, and I was like, I, I looked over at Kelly, my wife, and I'm like, I'm like, Kelly, my hands are on fire. I need to get out of here. I need to run. And she looked at me as if I'm being weird. I mean, more weird than normal. And, and she looked at me, and, and she was like, okay. But I knew I shouldn't run, even though everything was screaming run. And so I went forward, and I'm just like, oh, man, the dread, the fear. And I'm going up forward. And this guy started praying for me, and I had another two-star demon moment where I was feeling like I was being choked. Like there was these invisible hands on my throat choking me while this guy's praying for me. And, and I'd asked to be prayed for because in those early years of Rehope, I was, felt, I was terrified about preaching. And I would, I would just fight this battle over and over again. I never ran from preaching, but I had a, it was exhausting. And every week it was this war to get up and, and try to work up the courage while the worship is happening to, to come up and preach. And so I was praying that I would be set free from this, from, this, from this fear that was robbing me of the joy of preaching. It wasn't keeping me from preaching, but it was robbing me from the joy of it. And it was harassing my mind. And so I'm getting prayed for this. And while I'm being prayed for, I'm feeling this choking going on. And for 45 minutes, this, they're commanding this spirit of fear to, to get out until it did. And when I got up from the floor 45 minutes later, I'm just like, wow, I feel free. And it changed my life. It changed my ministry. It changed the joy that I, that I have in ministry. And, and, and you know what? I was a Christian. I was a pastor. I was a missionary. And I was not demon-possessed. I wasn't demon-possessed. I was overcoming that fear. I was winning that war. I, but it also wasn't necessary. I was being demonized not possessed. I was being impacted. I was overcoming. I wasn't giving in, and yet I was being impacted by it. And yet being free from that war, which I never even knew was happening, changed my life. Of course, of, over the next four weeks, I want to give you eyes to see and tools to set people like me free. 
to help people like me free, be freed from an oppression that they may not even understand that they're under. And I, and I, I know this might be out of your box. I, I, I know, but, but as someone who knows what it's like to be helped, as someone who's likes, who knows exactly what it's like to have been harassed and not know it, and then to know the freedom of, of being helped by a fellow believer, and I encourage you to stick with me. Have compassion on those who are, who are struggling. And we can get, hopefully with that compassion, get past this sense of like, oh, this is weird. For the sake of helping people. To become a people equipped to bring freedom in a way that they would never think it's even possible. The challenge for today is simple. It's gentle. Go cast out all the demons. No. <laughs> challenge. As you read Luke this week, which we're doing for Bible read-through, Look out for all 25 instances out of only 24 chapters. Look out for all 25 instances demons are mentioned and pay special attention to what's going on there. Just, just be alert. Remind yourself. It's there. We read over it, don't we? We just kind of skim over it. Look at it. If you've struggled with this chat, like, I, I get it. It's a good moment to do some soul searching on why. Why? Why is, this, why is this hard? Go back to the Bible. Maybe blitz the Gospels, blitz the book of Acts. Again, pay attention to the stories connected to, to demons. Not everything is a demon, but if there is a demon at work, nothing but setting that person free will help them. So I want you to stick with me over the next couple weeks. Give me a chance over the next four weeks, and may the Holy Spirit help us learn in this, grow in this, and be equipped to bring freedom. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. I'm excited. Let me pray for us. Jesus, first of all, I thank you for the Bible. If this wasn't written in the Bible, I wouldn't even be talking about this. this I'm so thankful for you writing down what is true because in my upbringing, I wouldn't believe it. And yet, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for preserving this through the, through the ages. Help us to believe what we believe. Help us to trust your word. And in these weeks, teach us, help us, give us eyes to see, and help us grow in this area. We want to bring your freedom to people in our city. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.